0: What's going on, guys? Chris Schubert, Alex Molokov here. The breaking news, really breaking so much anymore is that happened a couple of hours ago. Uh, Dwayne Casey, no longer the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. And we wanted to, to come on to this anchor and we, we kind of let the thoughts marinate. Because you and I have a lot of different takes. About a lot this. of
1: different directions to
0: take this. Yes. Where would you like to start? Is there something, there was a storyline for you that came out of this that you were like, wow, this is a big deal.
1: Yeah. The, co- the, the co- coach of the year curse. Which seems like it's hard
0: to, to accomplish because if you win Coach of the Year, you're supposed to be good at your job.
1: Yeah, so it was actually Rob Perez, our good friend, Worldwide WAF, uh, who, oh, you know, who pointed this out. Oh, uh, it's a great Twitter handle. Who pointed this out. Just a couple of examples. Avery Johnson uh, won Coach of the Year in the 0506 season. He was fired two years later. Sam Mitchell uh, won Coach of the Year the following year, and he was also fired uh, in 2008. Uh, Byron Scott won Coach of the Year in 2007-08 season. He was fired the next year. Mike Brown in 08-09. Mm-hmm. He was fired the next year. And George Carl is probably the closest to analog we have. Uh, won Coach of the Year and was fired about a month later. I get why it happens. Because the, the, the general thinking is this. You win Coach of the Year in any sport... When your team overperforms or is perceived to have overperformed, mm-hmm. people generally give coach of the year to the guy who brought his team that was not expected to do great things, did them, coach of the year. And so the expectations get high. And then when you fail to reach those expectations of the year, the next year, the year after that, you lose your job. Uh, you're expected to continue to play well. You're, you're expected, you know, if you make the playoffs unexpectedly, you're expected now to, to build on that and to keep building on that. And when you don't, you lose your job. That's not what happened with Dwayne Casey. No. That's not what happened with Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey was murdered by LeBron James. Three straight years. 2016, Three 2016, 2017, 2018.
0: I do not have the energy to read this whole list to you, so I'm just going to turn and show it to you, and you can describe it to the people. These are the lists of coaches that have lost to LeBron James in the playoffs and within two years no longer coached. That is a very long list. And you want some highlights here, Jason Kidd, Mike Budenholzer, Stan Van Gundy, Dwayne Casey, Frank Vogel, Tom Thibodeau, who lost to him three times like Casey did, Larry Drew, Mike Woodson, Doc Rivers, who lost to him twice in back-to-back years, Doug Collins, Vinny Delangro. This goes on and on. Yeah. These are all of the people that LeBron James has beaten and then has cost them their job. And in the case of Frank Vogel and Dwayne Casey, it
1: was year after year of torture. Do you think he deserved it, Dwayne Casey, to get fired? Because there, there are a couple ways to think about it. Toronto just came off its best regular season ever. They've taken major, major strides under Dwayne Casey. But they keep failing in the playoffs. Do you put that on the coach? Do you put that on the players? Do you put that on they ran into LeBron James three years in a row. What are you going to do? Why now? Why fire Dwayne Casey now? So here, there are two conflicting thoughts
0: in my head. Because clearly the guy won 60-plus games this year for a Toronto team. They were the one seed in the East it's really tough to fire a guy after that. So if I'm looking at a one-year micro-scale, it's really ch- tough to justify it. But when you're a general manager, when you're running an, or- an organization, you have to take a step back and look at the macro, look at the big picture. And that's, this, is not the, this is like the third time this week I've used the micro versus macro analogy. But when you look and take a step back, it's three straight years of losing to LeBron. And at the end of the day, what is expected in Toronto with the way this team is built, and especially when you add factor in they won 60 games this year, is Eastern Conference Finals or better, and they haven't gotten there. They, 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 they. LeBron has owned their souls. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, that is, I think, what the decision was. Now so I have no idea who's
1: going to be the next coach. Here's my question: How do they get better? Who is better than Dwayne Casey that is out there and available and able to be hired right now? You're, you're saying. You can't do what you do in the regular season and then fail repeatedly mm-hmm. in the playoffs and keep your job. And there's, you know, there, there's there's logic to that. But you don't... I, I hate when teams, or in general, I, there, are some, there are some outliers. Right. I hate, in general, when teams fire their coach just for the sake of sending a message or change for change's sake. Who is going to come in to Toronto and, A, continue, if not build on, the regular season success... And then, B, build on that in the postseason. What what is the better alternative that's out there? As you know,
0: I have been the person in the office that has stood up and down on the Becky Hammond should be a head coach bandwagon. Okay. I don't think this is a fit. Okay. I don't like this. Why not? I, I just think they're... Look, I look at some of the other teams that are a fit for her. She's interviewing for the job in Milwaukee. I have thrown out that the 76ers should fire Brett Brown and hire Becky Hammond because she fits what they're trying to do, a young team that needs to kind of be taken along this ride. And the process, she's the perfect coach for the process. Toronto, there's no process to establish. You have a roster that is built to win that needs a coach that has done it. So I'm going to give you the guy, and it's the name that everyone's thrown out there. It's Mike Boonholzer, a guy who did a, a similar thing. Remember when he was with Atlanta? He took a team that had no business winning 60 games, and he won 60 games with them. That's probably the best fit. Although, this is my takeaway from all of this, this roster that we saw just get swept by by the Cleveland Cavaliers will not be the same roster. One of Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan will be on a different team next season.
1: Do you think that this firing is, intentionally or otherwise, a signal that they are going to blow things up in Toronto? At least to some degree. I think so, yes. I don't disagree with you. I just don't agree with the decision to do that. It's it's a tough sell after you, do the, you, you have the season that you have. You just won 60 games. Yes. You were the top seed. I understand that some teams are probably going to start to lap Toronto. Whatever team LeBron joins this summer, whether it's Philly, stays with Cleveland, whatever. Boston's going to be really good next year. Milwaukee, yeah, I think, Milwaukee is a up. team on the rise, although, again, they don't have a coach. But... At the end of the day, we're talking about a coach who lost three consecutive playoff series. To the same person, same to team. To the greatest player of all time. You, okay. You do know what you just said. I do. Okay, that's fine. I just want you to know the hate that's going to be directed your way. If there's anything that I can, that I would like to hear from Toronto, first of all, the, the Toronto general manager, who, whose name I butcher every time I try and say it, came out today and said, I hope Dwayne Casey wins coach of the year. He deserves it. It's like an, if a, you think that, you can't fire him. What are you doing? Now What are you doing? Where's Where does Dwayne, Dwayne
0: Casey go? I think he's a great fit for that Milwaukee job. That's I a think roster. he's a
1: great fit for any job. He's a good
0: coach. He is a good coach, but I, I, I just don't know if he can... So Look, look these are the... These are the other vacancies that are out there. Orlando is out there. Does he really want to go there and develop a young team that is no business even competing and that could Not potentially on lose every No.
1: I mean, you look at—he probably wishes he had been fired three weeks ago, so maybe he could have had a shot at the next job.
0: Oh, I don't know if I would have wanted that job. Uh, I think to, I think the the, the Milwaukee job was a good one. I mean, he can go to Detroit if you want to take over that project and that's a mess, or he can take Atlanta. And that's a mess. The only team that is in, hey Dwayne, come and lead this team immediately, is Milwaukee that has a superstar in Giannis, has Jabari Parker who they'll have to bring back. They and they got a lot of pieces there. That was a team that almost beat the, the Celtics in the first round. Yeah. That so is. that may be the best bet for him. But I I just think, look, I don't I don't think. At the end of the day, when you look at this, you can't tell me that the reason why the Raptors won sixty games but then fell in the postseason was because of Dwayne Casey.
1: Here's, it just doesn't add up to me. The question I think that that you that I want answered, and I mean directly answered, is Toronto was swept and they looked bad. Mm-hmm. Was that a function of the players not being good enough or not playing well enough, or did they quit? Because if they quit. Some of that, not all of it, but some of that I think does leak back to the coach. If you can't get your guys up, if you can't get the best out of your players mm-hmm. when you need the best out of your players, sure, time to time to go a different direction. I will. So if you think that the players in some way, shape, or form either quit or stopped responding to Dwayne Casey in the postseason, fine. That's not what I saw. What I saw was, again, I'll say it loud and clear, the best player of all time beat your team three years in a row it happens yeah Toronto disappointed people in the postseason but they they were as good as they were and the only reason they disappointed anybody is because of how good they were in the regular season that is on Dwayne Casey he completely changed the way that team plays this year and everyone praised him for it he's going to win coach of the year probably and was already voted as such by his peers people looked at what this team did and said that is on Dwayne Casey he made this team better he made this team a contender and then they lose to LeBron James and all of a sudden he's not the answer anymore? I will use a comparison that can cross over to another sport. Football is the one where I hear it the most, but I think it also applies in
0: baseball. Sometimes as a coach you have a message. You have a message to your team. And it works for a little while. But once you don't once you start not having the results and you lose the team, then it, it good, bad, or indifferent, sometimes you need to change the messenger
1: and change the message. But the message this year worked. The message this year got Toronto its greatest record in its franchise's history. It didn't in the sense of his message has
0: always been, we're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and we're going to win and we're going to try to go for an NBA Finals. And for the third straight year, they've lost to the same team. So clearly, when it comes to this team, their biggest hurdle in the Eastern Conference the message isn't working. So, and, and and the other thing we have to factor in here is there, there's a report out there that the reason why this move kind of got expedited was Casey was looking for a contract extension for job security and the Raptors weren't comfortable with doing that, so they decided to go their separate ways. That is the other kind of elephant in the room here that I think factors into all of this. But I think Toronto, once Dwayne Casey said, I need job security and I want a contract extension, if that is true in the, what the report says, they weighed the pros and cons of, is this the right guy? Is this the right message? And ultimately, they came back to, no. And I, and I tend to think the next coach that comes in there, I think this, this team is going to be completely different. I think DeMar DeRozan
1: will play somewhere else next year. Like you showed me on that, and trust us, it's a very long one. It's a very long one. This is not the first coach that LeBron has directly or indirectly caught, lost their job. This is not the first coach to not be able to get past LeBron James and find himself unemployed because of it. But if you're Toronto and you genuinely think you're still a contender going into next season, what 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 are you doing now that furthers that? I just I don't see anyone out there. Yeah, Budenholzer, he's a good coach. Very good coach. I, I like him a lot. But I can't see any move here that is an upward move for Toronto. This is I, again, coach of the year. We went through it. It. it there's, there's a history of people winning coach of the year and then getting fired because they can't live up to the expectations they've now set for themselves. But Casey's not in that boat. This isn't a guy who took a team that was expected to win 40 games and won 60. He took a team that was expected to be the top one or two teams in the East, did that, and he ran into a buzzsaw. And it happens. But I just can't see a situation where Toronto gets better moving no, forward they take a step with a new coach.
0: They will take a step backwards next year with the idea of two, three, four years down the road rebuilding this team and getting them back to where they want. I think that's what's going on here. They're willing to admit, okay, the next year or two, maybe even three, aren't going to be great while we go into this process of potentially getting rid of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, bringing in a new coach. I, I think you're going to... There's going to be a lot of hardship in Toronto. I really do. I don't think this team is going to play very well
1: next year because, I, again, I think one of their star players is gone. And... I think whoever gets hired next by the Toronto Raptors, rent, don't buy. It. Right? They will not. very the next, next time the Raptors are in the postseason. Uh, certainly not the next time the Raptors are considered any kind of contender. They are, like I said, they're going to be lapped by a couple teams in the East next year, no matter what happens. They can bring back the entire roster, and, and th- they are going, going to be the lapped. Five seed. At least the four, anyway. Yeah. But whoever they hire, what are the expectations? What what are you expecting from the next guy you hire if you do think that you need to make some roster turnover, if you do see the writing on the wall that some of these other teams in the East are getting better? Are you bringing in a guy to kind of rally around with that rebuild only to toss aside in two or three years when your team is good again? I, I, just, I just don't get it. I don't agree with it. I don't get it. And I, I think KT really got really got screwed here. I, I am not going to fault a guy who wins 60 games in the regular season. For, and then wins in the first round of the playoffs for losing to LeBron James.
0: I Certainly it's, it's hard to do that. And I, I think here I, I will put a put a, a bow on this here. We're going to talk a lot in the offseason about where LeBron James is going to go. We're going to talk a lot in the offseason about what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and a lot of other players. But to me, one of the biggest storylines after the LeBron James and the Kawhi stuff is going to be What does this Toronto Raptors team look like next season? Because they just fired their head coach, rightly or wrongly, after an incredible season. And they're going to have to go a major makeover if they feel that that's what they need to do in order to compete next season. And that means there's going to be a lot of drama north of the border.
1: Yeah, I I can't see a situation where they bring in a new coach and do anything with the roster that results in them being able to compete with the Sixers with or without LeBron. The Celtics with, in theory, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward back. The Milwaukee Bucks, who have been getting better each year, have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I cannot see any situation next year in which Toronto is considered even remotely a contender in the Eastern Conference. So maybe at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who coaches that team. But I can't see them in any way justifying this move by saying, we get better now. Because you're not.
0: Today, May 11th, Maybe the day that the Raptors have officially gone extinct because I hate you so much. This this team is going to undergo a major overhaul and it's gonna be one of the top stories coming into the Eastern Conference next season, and I think we are only just beginning.